Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Limelight Podcast, um, take two with Lauren from Sharp Tooth. I appreciate your patience so much. Um, thank you yeah. for being, you know, so uh, helpful with everything. Um, so rad. Um, listen, congratulations on the uh, album release. Uh, this is the record release from Pure Noise, uh, Transitional Forms. Um, how do you, how do you, how does everybody feel about it now that it's like kind of out there in the universe for everybody to take advantage of? Um, like, how does everyone in the band feel? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like a certain amount of like, like bitter sweetness to it because obviously we're not doing like any of the things that we were supposed to do, like tour wise and like things like that. Um, with the record, so that kind of sucks a yeah. lot. <laughs> for sure i mean the whole industry is on pause and it's yeah. a lot of bands have been or musicians and themselves have been releasing so much music and they can only i guess they can only take advantage of it so much with live streaming i mean how many live stream shows could you really put out there um and how many other creative content can you put out there yeah you know, in like a year's worth um so i i've seen some people being creative i mean dance gavin dance just recently did a live stream in full for their album release um which was really cool for them um and i mean how do we know what they're going to do next i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter and i just uh saw an article from a gentleman who was on he works for uh warner brothers entertainment uh he's like a part owner of Lollapalooza, but he's not even going to be involved with festivals until 2022 so it's i don't know it's all speculation but hopefully we can try to you know mend this community together and see what we can do yeah it's just like, it's one of those things where it just extra sucks because we did wait so long to put it out. Like, I mean, it was, this record was finished, um, essentially like as it is, uh, since last April. Really? So, oh, wow. Like, yeah, no, that's like why this extra sucks because we really specifically waited to like, basically like for our release to like be the shows that we wanted it to be. Um, and like to be on a tour that like we felt actually was representative of us and our larger goal. Um, because apparently finding bands to tour with that are representative of what we think and feel is actually challenging. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's it's a specific demographic, but like you can relate to bands. Like, I mean, you can relate to a lot of hardcore bands um, with with the, what they do with their political views. I mean, and there's a huge like relationship with you and Straight from the Path. Like, you guys are definitely on the same page for sure. And you've toured with them before. Too, oh yeah. So yeah, those are those are good friends. Um, it is kind of funny though because <laughs> you're like, oh, there's like a like the relationship between like hardcore and like politics and stuff, and I'm like, I feel like that doesn't exist right now. That's just like so not a fucking thing right now, and is one of the things that I've just been pissed off about <laughs> for yeah. more, for like more than a few years. I know that like straight kind of feels the same way. Like the fact that we are bands that have like opinions or even like political opinions should not be a big fucking deal in this scene. Because its roots are literally in like socio political dissent and in punk music. And anytime I hear somebody like being critical of like bands being too political, um, 
I just like, I just have to fucking roll my eyes because I'm like really clear that you don't know the fucking roots of this genre at all, but act like you fucking do. Whatever. God forbid we're allowed to have an opinion on anything related to politics. I mean, musician, actor, actress, like it doesn't matter. It seems like as soon as we, or an athlete, as soon as you say something like that whole comment with shut up and dribble really pissed me off when one of the ladies kind of went after um, LeBron and Kevin Durant. It's like, who the fuck are you? And then you're just going to, you know, completely opinionize something that's, on your side of the political standard and mm-hmm. make that okay like it's just it's so opinionated and it just it blows my mind but like you said not a lot of bands are taking the political stands in, its, in itself i mean i don't know if it was i mean there were probably bands before rage that were doing it but they I mean they were the definitely the one of the you know prominent acts that kind of like brought out the political conversation with it and you know go against the man because i it's mean fucking true were, i feel like they were one of the the bands like in i guess in like modern times that are doing that but i also feel like oh my like i don't know everybody is fucking political like if you're saying like get politics out of music like stop listening to the beatles and bruce springsteen because all of that is political too like it is yeah subliminally i'm sure yeah i mean john lennon wrote like an entire i think ep about it yeah both of them yeah They're in the middle of a, they like, oh my God, like a lot of those songs came out like in the middle of like a very, very contentious war. And they put, they're putting out a song uh, about like how all you need is love. And like, that's, that's radical. And I think mm-hmm. that because we're not in the political climate that was going on at the time, our brains don't internalize that as being as political as it is. And I think that's why sometimes people are feel like more jarred um like oh my god you're talking about that like but don't like make that connection to a lot of the bands that like maybe they grew up listening to um Mm -hmm. like i don't know i like for a for a genre that is rooted in punk music i feel so disheartened and like disappointed uh in the political climate of the genre itself mm-hmm. yeah because some of these people that have a lot of uh i would say engagement for their platform they don't take advantage of it um and they kind of just let it sit there and i had a talk with one of my good friends who's out in california he's a uh, solo artist and such and um he and you know i i mean so many people who can i mean i don't have that big of an engagement but he he easily does and he's been for i think weeks like you know once the protests are going to play with george floyd and everything like he took it you know to to twitter and he took it to his social medias and tried to spread yeah. education and that's like you know you could try your best so there's some people that are just ignorant to the fact that anything in politics but if you can definitely you know change somebody's mind like you're obviously doing a good job then like one person that's all that matters education is like key in anything with like you know how we go about um making awareness of it and yeah everything. um yeah and like changing like some of those social pressures one of the things that like did make me very happy lately is the fact that it does seem like there currently is a little bit more social pressure to like actually say shit about what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. um and like basically like that's like that is a that is progress. Like the fact that there is any kind of a social pressure on people to like take a stand about something or be vocal about like their stance on a thing going on in the world, that's great. 
That is a good thing. That is encouraging engagement. And it like, it just sets like a precedent that this is normal. This is something we all should be talking about. Like let's normalize, like having conversations about it is right. normal. And we just need to normalize like doing that all the time. But, but having like, a conversation, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's like having a conversation right now, like this is exactly what needs to be done all the time. Like constantly yeah. bringing it up, you know, above water and making sure that it's, you know, being, it's being brought attention to. Because if you don't, if you ignore yeah. it and you kind of just don't talk about it, then that's part of the problem. That's actually part of the biggest problem is being silent about it and not really having the conversation. And now we're starting to realize yeah. that. Or thinking that it, because an issue doesn't have like a specific personal impact on you, that it's not yes. worth talking about. Um, that's gonna get me heated because it's so fucking true like if it doesn't have anything to do with them personally until it does then you see a kind of change of opinion or or yeah. what they actually physically do in general to do something about that situation but it's, it's, some people are ignorant to that if it has nothing to do with them it doesn't affect them or it's never they've never experienced it's not real it's an illusion yeah. it's fake news it's bullshit like come on bro the fuck yeah like, it's a, it's also hard because we're living in kind of an interesting time where sometimes uh some of the most important like socio-political work you can be doing isn't um there's not a performative aspect to it um there isn't like a a thing you can share on twitter about it it isn't like uh, like for like doing the hard work of like deconstructing your internal biases like mm -hmm. that actually requires emotional labor which a lot of people are uh reticent to get involved with and also like doesn't have any accolades attached to it so there so the fact that like there's almost been like a commodification of like social justice is it's good on if it is getting people to pay attention, it kind of backfires a little bit if it means that people think that all they need to do is like share something on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, like, cause that isn't, a lot of times like the actual hard work of activism is not the stuff that you see. Like mm -hmm. this, it isn't the person like getting up there with like a fucking megaphone and shit. Like that mm -hmm. isn't the hard work. Um, the hard work is the internal stuff um, the hard work is the, is like engaging with people in your personal life about these things and, um, putting yourself out there like continually in situations where it isn't popular or easy. Um, which is a thing that like is really important to my band. Like, mm -hmm. and one of the reasons it's so fresh, it's been so frustrating, um, like getting pushback for having opinions because I'm like, aren't like, shouldn't anybody else in this genre be like amped about like somebody doing that? I don't know. I would think so. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be the hardcore scene. I mean, you can definitely, you know, get into other genres with doing it. Like it doesn't matter what your sound is. I mean, you can still have a voice and a political per uh, person, personal view on it and like try to educate people with everything. But yeah. hardcore, I guess, like you're saying in general, is also still mainly a, um, like some of the some of the bands in the hardcore scene, like are definitely like political through and through, um, with social justicing and um, anything else that you know, kind of just is ignorant to the fact that, um, you know, certain situations like the George Floyd, like you know, that, that's that's basically common sense. Like the dude was flat out murdered in you know public eye, and if we didn't have technology, like 
in this time period, like nothing would have happened. Nothing would have ever been done. It would have been completely under the table. I think the cop would have been fine. But this is happening for you. Everybody's kind of like getting this idea like, oh, why is this all coming about now on the news? And it's like, well, because this is happening for so many years, but you have no physical evidence. And now that everybody has a, a literally a fucking camera in their pocket, you can just pull it out. And that's basically self-defense. Like we're policing the police in a sense. Like that's what it's coming down to. Which has been like, oh my God, so necessary for a really long time. Yeah. Um, also, like, there are just, like, a lot of people that don't believe that there's a problem. Mm. Like, that's a thing. There's just a Fair lot of people out there who have felt like this is, a non, this is an actual issue or that it's just, like, a, I don't know, a thing that the liberals want to get upset about or some horseshit like that. Um, and, like, a complete erasure of, like, entire demographics of people's lived experience um and that's super frustrating um i'm like you know as like a person who is a part of like other historically marginalized populations like yeah i feel very personally responsible to like elevate people in other marginalized groups too um mm -hmm. because like mm -hmm. Oh my God, like none of, like until we're all free, none of us are free. And right, I exactly. always will firmly maintain that. And so it's like, yeah, we, we literally owe it to each other and to like humanity to talk about these things. And there, it's great that right now there's a lot of social currency in talking about these things. Mm -hmm. um, but there, I have a lot of frustration with the fact that um, if there wasn't a lot of social currency in talking about these things, most of the people who um, like, you know, were like posting about George Floyd and stuff like wouldn't have done that. The more that we kind of like get involved with it, the more we talk about it. And like, I mean, personally, from your um, your last album before the you released Transitional Forms, I mean, Clever Girl, I mean, you have a song called Fuck Donald Trump. And it's like, fuck you, Donald Trump. Like, it's pretty self-explanatory. And it's fucking awesome because, <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you have bands doing subliminal stuff with it at the same time. But then like being like, you know, upfront about it, like, that's what we need to start being a little bit more is being upfront and being I agree. Um, I don't think that we should need to have to layer an issue and metaphor in order yep. for it to be like worthy of like listening to. Like, mm -hmm. I like it doesn't. No, why are we? It seems very silly for me or to me to see people like yeah, they're like oh that like was like political, but it's under like twelve different layers of stuff, and I'm like. Cool. Yeah, you're like dissecting the whole yes. song, trying to like, find what yeah. the message is in it. Yeah. You're like, cool. That's sort of a thing. Um, yeah, that's kind of working, think. I guess. Like, yeah. And also, like, you don't fucking know. Like, someone can tell you that a song is about anything, and then, like, yeah, people take music and they personally relate to themselves in their own lives. Like, especially like taking it out of context. Like, I mean, you can write within the context of the song, but somebody's gonna relate to it completely different lyrically or how they personally feel about it. And it could be written, written something completely different um, yeah. for the meeting. Yeah. Um, that is one of the, like, the reasons why a lot of times in my lyrics I've been, like, very explicit about, like, this is what this is about. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and put and doing that, though, it, like, literally kind of puts me, I'm putting everything out 
out there and you know, I don't have to, somebody doesn't have to listen to it like six times in order to figure out, Oh, that's what this is. Like, it's just mm-hmm. right in front of your face. Because for me that in, especially from a message standpoint is the fastest way from point A to point B is just to fucking say what you're thinking. Yep. Um, or say, I mean, I'm happy if someone says anything, but if you want to, it's a little more helpful and creates a little bit more social pressure when you're a little bit more explicit about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And you take that on your live performances too. Like you actually like not reassure, but you tell everybody like, this is what this yes. is about. This is exactly what we're going to get into. This is exactly why I'm on this stage. This is exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. If this, if anybody can relate, you know, come, you know, talk to me and blah, blah, blah. Like that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. That's really fucking cool. I but not, that. not a lot of people do that, though. I mean, no. not a lot of people have the courage to do that as well. You know? So, I mean, it's just maybe people will follow in your footsteps to actually take um, the next step in possibly doing that. Um, I see a lot of bands that get emotional on live sets, uh, depending on where the show is, if it's a local show, or if it's like, you know, like you guys were on Warp Tour for the whole summer. I mean, we were on <laughs> Warp Tour for 2017, as we talked about prior. And, yeah. um, and you guys were on the whole tour for 18, so we just missed you, unfortunately. But I saw you live, so it doesn't matter. So it was a badass show. But, um, but yeah, what's it called? How was that experience? I mean, because, like, that was probably something that, you know, it's every kid's dream growing up is to, to be on that tour. Oh, my God. Like, I – so it's funny because literally everybody says that. That was not ever a dream of mine. I really? never dreamed. That's pretty no, cool. Yeah. Because here's the thing. it That is a nonsensical fucking dream. Mm-hmm. Like, and that might sound like callous or like harsh, but for a woman in a band, that would be a nonsensical fucking dream for me to have. Like at the time, Mm -hmm. like the fucking like early, like how many bands with women in it have even have ever been on Warped Tour? It was very little. Um, Yeah, for sure. Let alone metal bands or hardcore bands with women in it. Mm-hmm. Like that was the thing we on. So we did the whole tour. We were on the monster stage or one of them. Cause there was two, um, which was the most amazing experience ever. But Holy shit. You have two stages that are going back and forth all day. Yep. Um, soon as one band, as soon as this stage finishes, this one starts immediately, that kind of thing. I don't know how many bands were on our stage. I guess somewhere between 15 and 20, but we were the only band who had any kind of a femme person in it on the monster stages at all. Like, I'm it. Yeah, that's literally all you. I mean, when we toured, we shared the stage with like Warren Woman. We shared the stage with um, uh, Barred Wire Dolls. And it was an honor. And we partied with them after the shows and stuff. And it was cool and everything. But like, you don't see as much of, you know, women, you know, being, I mean, in the in the band or a front woman in itself. Um, but like, you don't think you're right. You don't see a lot of that. I mean, um and that's and you the thing, though, like, punk because punk is like, I mean, thank God for fucking punk music. Um, I'm deciding that we're just rebranding as a punk band, and I don't, and like, if people don't like it, they can eat, they can eat a dick. Yeah, um, they, their opinions don't matter. Just, <laughs> don't well, just, like that's just always been the thing in punk music is like giving a thousand fucks about what's going on in the world and about each other and about humanity, and I think that like metalcore and hardcore in the last like decade or so 
have moved so far away from that and so far into introspection that there are a lot of aspects of like the content that you're used to seeing in hardcore metalcore that just feel entirely like self involved and like not saying that like writing about yourself is a bad thing. Like that's not what I mean, but the focus in the genre as a whole has moved away from a global focus Mm -hmm. uh, to just the, the individual person writing about their individual feelings and like leaving it at that narrow scope. Um, so until hardcore metalcore, uh, want to broaden their scope, we're a punk band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're speaking for the until people, not for oneself. Right, we don't want to hang out with you. Like, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, that's why I wrote Say Nothing. Like, right. That's what the whole fucking song is about. Is like, oh my God, it must be so nice to be so privileged that you don't need to talk about sociopolitical things because they're not affecting you. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's about. And that's about really what it is, yeah. Like literally so say many- anything, please, for the love of God. Anything! And, oh my god, and it's like, it just, it's, it's so frustrating while also simultaneously being like, I'm just fucking jealous. And I'm fine with saying that because, oh my god, who wouldn't want, who wouldn't be jealous of people who just get to exist in an environment and not be put under a microscope because of anything be that gender or your skin color or like your like gender expression or your sexuality it must be so nice to be in an environment where it is so fucking homogenous that there isn't anything for you to be getting actively upset about because you as a straight person or white person whatever like you're not being well let's use me as an example i'm a straight white male who you know, was raised in a Christian household. What were my problems, honestly, growing up? Literally nothing. Like, what the fuck do I have to worry about? That's privilege. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably, like, the best explanation of it. But this thing is, like, identifying, like, that other people have been brought up in ways where um, their, where their culture was or, uh, like you said, the gender, the 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 way you, you know, uh, your significant other, if you're gay, bi, straight, trans, like, it's just, it, you have a harder time going through life. And there's more in-depth that goes into mental health in itself. And that's where conversation needs to be brought into to, into place as well. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. But for, and, and it's been, and the privilege has been there for a year, but not, re, not realizing that, that it's there in itself. Mm-hmm. Like, if I get pulled over by a police officer, like, what 10 times out of 10 like it's not going to be that much of a yeah i'm gonna be fine i'm gonna get a ticket and go on my way or he's gonna let me go because it's gonna be a comfortable conversation but if i had a different skin color or you know i had like some kind of accent whatever like it's just different you know person of who i am it might turn out a little bit different honestly obviously i mean it's been fucking the the numbers are out there and that's what gets me so heated. So being so being ignorant to it and the fact that you don't have um any idea like that you have that privilege is fucking disgusting. Like, it's just, you have to see it from the other, like put yourselves in other people's shoes. Obviously like you're capable of doing that. And, uh, and so are other people, but Holy shit, man. Like, can we just like be humane for once and kind of like look out for everybody instead of like one specific fucking like gender or like yourself. It's honestly yourself. Like they just look out for themselves and that's it. And you're right. And that industry too, because like you made a good point because a lot of that music was written around their self um, with, um, I don't know, like drinking problems or like the metalcore scene. Like there was a couple of bands that were 
they kind of like threw it back to the rock and ro- like sex drugs and rock and roll scene like way back in the day like it's not 80s hair i mean that's what 80s hair metal was in a sense yeah but, but I mean, like I yeah know they, they were just repeating the process i mean that's what they wanted to write about sure but like it, it revolved around them again it didn't revolve around other people like yeah, yeah. and i think that there there's always going to be that balance of like hedonism and escapism that are adjacent to music and like heavy music or whatever but there has to be a fucking balance with also you know turning outward and being like okay what else is going on in the world like Mm -hmm. i feel like you can there are ways to balance all of these things um i mean i wrote like you know that record is like super super personal and um transitional forms forms, yeah i was just gonna say yeah but there but i found ways to connect it like from the narrow scope of my personal experience to a much wider angle lens so that it's kind of using the same microscope that i'm looking at my own problem and then taking that microscope and using it and turning it to the rest of the world and seeing how that problem manifests in like globally um because that's like a thing I very firmly believe is that like anything that's going on like in us internally is some kind of a reflection of what's going on in the world at large. And like that I think is the like way that a lot of people, like if empathy isn't a thing that like comes to you naturally um, or a specific type of empathy is more intuitive to you. um, Yeah. Just literally thinking about just like taking time to like think like, man, this is a problem going on in my life. Um, I wonder how it would feel to be experiencing this problem if I was like trans or mm-hmm. black or like just doing thought experiments like that, I think is so helpful um, in, connect- in connecting to the world. I think that's also a problem and like why like I, I feel for like people super hard is just because like it's like fucking hard to exist it really so. is yeah there's everybody's got a different story to tell like you can't compare one, yeah. one's life to the other even though like you have like you might have like similar like traumas or you might have similar like addictions like there's still it's still a completely different story but the relation there see that's what i appreciate about the lyrics and stuff like you build a bridge of correlation like that is like basically like how to reach out to those people like it but it was it's never been about you yourself specifically but but to be to have that courage to do that and get that out there like I, i'm getting a little emotional so if i start sniffing like my bad but like i like it's 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 so humbling to do that but not a lot of bands do that and i don't want to go I, i'm just like filtering back to the metalcore stuff um or like just those kind of genres in general like it's there's nothing wrong with the, you know kind of like preaching about uh every not preaching but like expressing you and yourself but a lot of those bands didn't ever like really bring it out there to let other people kind of you know relate and come talk to them and such but um and there's ways to use a platform without even like necessarily talking about a thing in your lyrics like mm-hmm. if you don't want to write a fucking song about i don't know anything going on in the world whatever that's totally right as an artist, but there is, but like when you do have that kind of platform, there is a certain amount of social responsibility that comes with it, whether you fucking like it or not. Um, so like even just kind of like using social media to share things that, um, are amplifying the voices of the marginalized, even if you're like, I don't even know where to like 
So like maybe like you're a super privileged person, you don't even fully understand a lot of these problems, but you see that they're there and you want to do something, but you know that you can't really like do it through your songs and that's just going to feel performative and shitty for you. Um, I totally, totally understand that. And I totally, and like, also like I know people who feel that way and who also are like, well, I also don't want to like make, make a thing about me and like stuff. And all of these things make so much sense. So you have to get creative in ways that you can use your platform. And yeah, so it's like sharing, like you can share stuff or like, letting somebody come up like during the set who like has a charity to tell people about the charity or to hand out resources or like, like establish like networks within the community for people to like talk about things. And I don't know. I just feel like even if you don't want to turn into the sociopolitical ban, even if you don't want to change anything about what you're doing as an artist, there are ways to get involved. There are ways to help. And there are ways to like take your narrow scope and make it a much bigger one and embrace a lot of people in it. Like these, it's challenging and it requires a little bit of like thinking to figure out how to do it in a way that makes sense for you. But it is fucking crucial and necessary. I think like, especially today, I think that it is, like kind of socially irresponsible to not um, be like taking a stance on things lately. And if you have that privilege, do your research, study, get an education, talk to somebody who might have a different opinion from you and don't get overly upset about, you know, what the conversation is about. How about you just kind of relate and like look and do just kind of dissect the situation of like seeing the numbers and seeing what's going on or go uh, physically go into the community itself like that you're involved with like and or somewhere that's like not your personal community but like somewhere like on the outskirts of your community and like talk to others and kind of get their perspective and ask why ask like you know the who what when where what how why questions like the the not yesterday like that's the responsibility that we need to take advantage of but then again if you don't do it i mean it's just complete ignorance but people don't want to like you keep saying like people don't want to listen they don't even want to like i can go out like I, I think i went out on the i went um, out yesterday downtown in pennsylvania in like a little suburban area and you know half and half are wearing masks half are nines like come on like it's just give it just it's literally not that hard to put something on and then like abide by the cdc guidelines and then sit down and then have your meal and then get up and there was a lot of people that were participating in it like obviously but then there was like obviously you know a, a couple of people that just didn't even care and it's yeah. like you're not you just I know your freedom, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's a pandemic. Like it's still a, 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 a disease or a virus that can literally kill you within seconds. Like yeah. without well, like, conditions. When it comes, to, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting. No, you're good. No, you're good. No, 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 no. It's, it is a little delayed too. Like that's why I get like all hyped up and excited and then I start talking. But yeah, but no, go ahead. What, what was, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say it's the, the like the lack of being able to understand like, the way that your actions impact other people also like the like your freedom like fuck your freedom fuck your freedom your freedom is irrelevant in the face of the death of thousands so if people want to go and be like oh well it's my like it's my freedom if it only affected that person i'd be like cool then like you just go and get covid 
and die. Like that that's our own problem. That's not our problem anymore, but it will always be our problem. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be everybody else's problem because it's like, Oh, well like you don't wear, wear a mask. Fine. Go catch COVID. Right. But exactly. then if that person catches COVID and they don't wear a mask, they are just going to give it to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't like when lives are at stake and when your actions are so immensely impactful on literally an entire fucking country. No, you don't fuck your freedom. Your freedom is so goddamn irrelevant. Like we didn't like our people are these this see these same people like bitching about having to wear a seatbelt. No, I mean, people still wear a seatbelt. Yeah. Do you want to know why? Because seatbelts, the primary purpose is to protect the person wearing it. Correct. So these people who are being like, it's my freedom, not wear a mask, whatever. <laughs> um, like, they are saying, oh, we're hearing that these masks don't really prevent you from catching it. I'm not wearing one because it's not going to protect me and that's where the issue with the lack of empathy comes in because in stopping thinking about an issue like if that stops at you and doesn't continue like okay how does this affect me okay maybe it does maybe it doesn't then you go around how does this affect others and if you just right. stop at how does this affect me like you like you're part of like the you're world part of the problem, problem. yeah you're literally the problem yeah Literally yeah. wearing the mask is to protect others more so than protecting you. I mean, it's not supposed to do the damage. Uh, that like it, it's it's literally just you're not breathing, you're not coughing, you're not sneezing, you're not releasing your um like just saliva, like just like uh, actually comes out when you're having a conversation. Like it's there for protecting others, so we can kind of like yeah. bring this pandemic to an end. Because in the beginning we were on lockdown and it was so fucking good that you know we started to you know obey and really kind of get the idea of like how much damage this damage oh excuse me how much damage this can really do however people start getting impatient and then we start getting a little antsy and then they you know oh this isn't real blah blah blah. and then like now it's not even a scientific thing it's more of a fucking it's more of a politics thing it just fucking blows my mind to see people not even give a fuck about the research or give a fuck about that this can actually i mean it killed over a hundred thousand people already like nationwide that's depressing as fuck like and we're that the worst you, they could be next country in the world like we are the worst country in the world for dealing with this like i don't know why i don't know why people can just fucking actually take advantage well, of it i do, I do know why everybody. because in in the united states we do not prioritize uh the caring of other people right. like we refer to things that take care of other people as being like socialist or welfare programs rather than realizing that they're just constructs that are used all across the fucking world to just take care of its citizens, which is the responsible thing for any country to do. But we have people in this country who are in charge and who are so fucking greedy and poisonous and self-centered that it just becomes about them and it becomes about what they want. Like, oh, I don't give a shit that the world is basically on fire from global warming because I've invested X amount of dollars into this coal company or this oil company. And when people have that, when you have like your money at stake like that, like these are like delusional possessive people who think that 
that is more important than, you know, everyone else on the fucking planet. And it's delusional. You it tell delusional. these people tell themselves that it doesn't matter and that it doesn't affect anything. It like it's delusional. There's a lot of fucking really delusional self-absorbed people who are running a lot of our country and also espousing those like attitudes as being aspirational to certain populations. Like all like the people who just like jerk off to Trump because they're like he speaks his mind, whatever. Like, yeah, okay. all that bullshit. Um, yeah, he can't even yeah, like write complete sentences mind, on Twitter. Um, like shit, like that. Well, we're on the same um, page, so I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like they're demagogues, they're talking mm-hmm. heads, and it's like they have like some of these people, like Trump, create this cult like following. And trust me, I fucking get it. I fucking get it when you are terrified and you feel like you have had a like like fucking hard times on you forever and you feel bad about yourself and your life is hard. I, I completely and absolutely understand how it could be a thing that you would do where you would go, okay, well this person is telling me that he gives a shit about me. So I'm going to do whatever he says. And if you don't think past that, like, it makes sense that there are a lot of people who just kind of blindly follow this complete and utter sociopath, um, especially as he helps people to justify their own crappy behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of encourages well, it. Well, it crappy if the president's doing it. Like, you know. Well, this is more. This is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I mean, like, I'm I'm 28 years old now. And I've only voted three times for the president of the United States. And never have I seen anything so completely pulled apart and so ignorant to the fact that like there it's not it has nothing to do with this country or who lives in this country or who your neighbor is it has to do with your single self your individualism and it makes no sense to me and it blows my mind i don't like i want to kind of bring up a fact i don't know the numbers exactly but for example like japan like going back to the mask thing like they've been doing that as a culture for fucking years due to the fact that it's literally they're worried about the other person's sake of getting sick because they're honestly sick um i i mean it's just common sense so with that their numbers are basically completely down so much to a point where and they have more compact cities than new york in itself in like tokyo and and they are way better off than we are so like how do you not take that into consideration that maybe other countries are fucking doing something right that we're not um it's hard when there's so much it's like again this is challenging because i don't i'm not one of those people. So I don't really yep. know the fuck the thought processes that takes you to that point. But I try to figure it out so that I can then talk to those people from an angle that they will uh, be able to internalize and be able to hear. Um, but yeah, that requires a lot of uh, flexing of mental, like socio emotional empathy muscles <laughs> and that's not a thing a lot of people can do are capable of doing and that's fine mm-hmm. um like those people especially like they probably don't want to be doing that anyway um but yeah you do need to be willing to like really really get into another person's shoes even if that person is somebody who like votes against the things you vote for it's like in order to be able to fix these things, we need to be able to get down to the causes of why. Why does this person believe that their only option is to follow this, like, 
travesty of a, of a demagogue? Is it rooted in hatred for others? Is it rooted in just being self-absorbed? And like trying to parse out which of those is true then allows you to communicate to a person where they're at. And because here's the thing, like everybody has different priorities and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being different people who have different priorities and things they care about. I, for example, I am always going to be very passionate about, um, like reptile welfare specifically. Yeah. Yeah, That's your Um, passion. Like that's something you've been doing probably since you were a kid, honestly. Like it would be, yes, it would also be very absurd for me to assume that because this is the way I think that that's also how other people think. And that's a thing uh, that's a part of empathy um, that like you learn when you are like a fucking toddler is learning to recognize that the experience you just had, another person isn't going to know or understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's literally that's like a part of like tests that they do on children um, for like normal like social socio like um, emotional development are like seeing when like the children can realize that like, Oh, just because I can see something right now, um, that other person, because of where they are, they can't see it. So like learning basically like frames of reference is, and like, if you're able to pick up very quickly, like, Oh, that person's experience is different than mine. Huh? The sooner you are mentally making that connection, um, I think the sooner that people start to learn empathy and like playing well with others that <laughs> yeah but i highly doubt like there was like not a significant amount of kids that never knew how to understand that kind of reasoning like being a kid like you know what's right from wrong like you know like what is in a different perspective than you like i like i knew that if i wanted to go play basketball at night at my friend's house in an apartment complex like you know, or he's getting in trouble for this. And why is this all happening? Like, you know, because it doesn't happen to me. I'm like, oh, why is that happening to him? I'm like, oh, like, it's just it's completely different. And I just knew right from the bat. So cause I just don't want to get into specifics because, you know, the privacy of their own beings. But yeah, um, but like, like, how, like everybody knows that when they're a kid, everybody like there's no excuse. So I guess you just is either you grow out of it or I guess you just kind of maybe I mean, I'm sure parents that who raise you also can have ignorance and that will play a huge impact on your child development is well so your brain's a sponge from like birth to like 11th or 12 or something so i mean absorbing anything in the household that you live in that's not positive at all and ignorant is gonna sit with you exactly and like you do your yeah the whole like your brain is a sponge thing um that is hella a thing until like the age of five and then it's like your your like capacity to take in and retain new information, that's when it starts to go down a little bit. Because yeah, your body and your brain are in like hardcore, learn all the fucking things mode for the first five years of your life. Um, it's really interesting because they've also, there are a lot of studies also about um, like changes implemented into like children's life during, or like things that children were taught during that period. Um, how like long they carry them afterwards um, or like if they tried to like change a thing that they were thinking. Uh, basically the point I'm trying to make is that like that is like the hardcore time for um, like neuroplasticity and neuroplasticity is just like basically the brain's ability to change and adapt, mm-hmm. which is thing that I think a lot of people don't think 
about or recognize as a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many like things that we do in our culture um, pertaining to like psych- like psychological development that are just like not based in evidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of them are like conjecture and shit like that. So um, yeah, a lot of like the a lot of the colloquial thought processes that we have pertaining to like being able to learn information, being able to change, like that kind of a thing is just, there's a lot of research out there that's really fascinating and that most people aren't aware of. Right. Um, and I think that's also a thing that people don't take into account is that is literally just the fact that people's minds can change profoundly. And if you are going through life, looking at everybody around you and going like, that person is the way they are, like, and that's that, you're going to miss out on so many opportunities for connection and for learning. Mm. Uh, because, like, yeah, we're, we're a lot better at, mo- at learning and adapting and our brains and points of view changing than I think we realize. And that does us a disservice, um, especially, like, when it comes to learning about ourselves and like taking care of ourselves, but it also does such a huge disservice to activism mm-hmm. um, because it makes it very easy to other people rather than like bringing people in being like, okay, we're both human beings. We both have a lot of the same parts and a lot of the same like, like components that go, we a lot of the same hardware. Why is our software different? Mm. What are the differences? So like, that's how I think of things a lot, especially when trying to connect with people who have very different life experiences for me, because yeah, rejecting those people outright because like, Oh, like they fucking, you said like something problematic, whatever. Um, you're not allowing for like any grace or establishing a precedent for change. Yep, You're just exactly. saying, this is bad, we put in trash. Instead of being like, this is a thing that's very flawed. Let's see how we can fix the flaws in it. Because it is a thing that is very like me. But yeah. there's some, there's some serious, like there is some, some big spots here. Okay, <laughs> let's look at those individual spots and see like what's going on there. Like let's zoom in on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people don't do enough. <laughs> yeah, that's a great metaphor to put into perspective. Like, you're just a different software. Like, that is yeah. actually a really good example of maybe getting it across from somebody. And honestly, when you see people that are like, oh, that's because, you know, who they are, blah, blah, blah. Isn't that technically stereotyping, you think? Like, yes. it's just like, come on, dude. Like, 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 what the fuck? Like, just because thing. of who they are, like, that's not the reason why they're going to do it. You don't even know that person. Yes. You're just assuming. You fuck. Like, so, like, stereotyping is really interesting because it's both an adaptive mechanism and it's also maladaptive. So, like, we stereotype because that is our brain's way of dealing, basically, like, compartmentalizing and being like, oh, this thing fits into this category. Yeah, this that is category. Yes, exactly. Um, our brains really want to do that. Like, all mm-hmm. the fucking time, our brains are like, okay, we're, we're getting new information in. I have a bunch of boxes here. Okay, where am I putting that information? Um. And that's just, that's just how we operate rather than going, huh, maybe, maybe there's a box I don't have. Let's make that box. And then this information can go in the new one. We don't think about the fact that we can make new boxes. (laughs) (laughs) And it does us such a fucking disservice 
Um, no, you're right. Because, yeah. yeah, it just does us like a total disservice because I think it discourages people from um, engaging with people whose opinions are different. I think it discourages people from thinking that like people change. The fact that there's a colloquialism that says like people never change is the stupidest thing sense. I've ever fucking heard. It makes me so angry because it is bullshit. It is bullshit. And I've met people who have had wildly problematic viewpoints in their life and then like gradually got educated and now are on the right side of history fighting for the good things in this world. Um, but we need to set up frameworks with people so that we can do that, so that we can take that person from being on the wrong side of history and looking at why are you thinking this way? What is causing this? Like you're connecting like point A to point C and that doesn't make sense to me. Right. Why is that connection happening? So stuff like that, basically. Um, if we don't give, create environments for social learning, socio-political learning, socio-political change, and like for people to literally get educated and like reevaluate their whole fucking like mindset about things. We do not set that up. We're just basically like treating human beings like, like they're disposable. Mm -hmm. And And like, that is awful. (laughs) No, it is awful. And like, I say this all the time and I preach it. it. Communication is key and bringing it up in the present. Like the more that you see, you are aware of something in the present and then you go and talk about it instead of like sitting back and like not saying anything like, that's already taken in the initiative to, yeah. you know, have that con- to resolve something that is on you know, if somebody that's uneducated or to correlate in something that um, of a different viewpoint. But holy yeah. shit, like that's what it really comes down to. And I see people like getting treated like shit, you know, due to the fact of who they are as a person. It's like, can't we just ex- like accept people who they are? Like, Jesus Christ, like it's really not that hard. Like, I mean, if people want to do what they want to do, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's a whole plethora I just rolled my eyes so hard. There's a whole plethora of judgment out there with like, and I can, I can literally name like 30 fucking problems. Like people have problems with transgenders. People have problems with gay rights. People have problems with, um, uh, what would you say earlier? The, um, the, the, uh, having, you know, going on, um, like, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank here? Um, getting the like, money from the government for, um, oh, uh, welfare like, and su- and shit. Like, welfare. yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's so ignorant to the fact that it's like nobody has an understanding that it like why are you why are you so worried about them and what they are trying to do to either better themselves or what their lives about and just worry about yourself. Yeah. Like and that's also another thing that people don't take into consideration is like stop worrying about others like you know you know because of an ancient fucking thousand old book says that which it doesn't say that at all anywhere in the Bible that you know gays can't be married and all that shit. So I mean that's not even relevant, but um to that to to bring that source up but however you know it still doesn't affect it has no effect on them whatsoever but they still bring attention to a as as a problem makes no sense that's the thing that i have such a hard time wrapping my head around um like the why do you care like that is just a thing that i think all the fucking time um like yeah basically when i see people who are not affected by a thing being pissed about it and i'm like in a and in a way that says that they are affected by it so like yeah what you were saying about like 
fucking like gay marriage rights and that there's just all these fucking straight people being real upset about it. And it's just like, why do you care? What is it? Does this impact you literally at all? No, it doesn't. So why like, even? And it makes other people it? happy and it's safe. Like that's at the end of the day, it's like, is it impacting you? No, no, not at all. Is it going to, are the people, is it going to impact the people doing it in a negative way? No. No. Is it going to change your life? No. Like, is it good? Yeah. I'm like, but on the other hand, is it going to impact the other people in a positive way? Then maybe shut the fuck up and let them do it. Like, yeah. It's literally not that hard. Like, yeah. That comes into a common sense thing too. So, and I'm glad we're really talking about this because this is honestly the first time on the podcast I've actually brought up um, any kind of, um, like political standpoint in itself too which like you're hugely passionate for as well yeah. as well as i am but like to have like mine and i'm getting a huge education out of this like you are oh, actually like yeah. really like very knowledgeable with all this so i mean like you know i'm i'm trying to pop off as much pop off as much as possible honestly so <laughs> it's just good I it. yeah no i mean what the fuck man like it's just it's it's so inhumane in general like i just like I, I see people i just see them as people like i just see them as like who they are like fuck like you know yeah. Like it's not my business what they do or how they what you know. If I'm becoming friends with people. Like yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna befriend them and like you no, know, obviously know a lot about them. But like what they thoroughly enjoy, that's great. That doesn't fucking matter to me. Why would I have an opinion on something that they thoroughly enjoy? Yeah, like, that I makes mean, a positive impact. I'm not on themselves, but maybe it's inspiring to something that will make an impact on the world. Holy shit, right. that's such a sin. Well, it's like when people, yeah, when people feel good and comfortable about themselves, like that's when they're able to be the most productive and when they're able to be the most creative and innovative. So it's like, even if you don't agree with literally everything these people do, if you are just like, or, or who they fucking are, even if you can just get to the point of being like, but this is the thing that is going to help this person have the biggest potential positive impact on the rest of the world. Even if you just like skip over giving a shit about the person as an individual and you even just view them as the cog in the humanity machine, it's like, then you have to at the very least go, okay, I don't like anything this person is doing. Um, but I realize that what they're doing isn't harmful and that people, when they feel fulfilled and good, do good things in the world. They're better able to do that. So for the benefit of humanity as a whole, we all should be really fucking trying to make each other happy as shit. Yeah, like, it's not that God. hard. Yeah. Other countries do that all the time. I'm like, God, I just want to fucking hang out and with them and befriend all those people. Like yeah. go to Canada, go to Germany, go to Europe, go to Japan, Japan. Dude, like honestly, my boy was like in the Marines, like out in Okinawa like the personal respect for one another is insane like literally it was at a i probably told the story already before but he was sitting at a red light it went green it filtered back to red then went green not one single honk not one like not one yell not one holler like it's like holy shit like that is like that is fucking humanity yeah yes that's what we need so that actually kind of brings me to like sort of one of my penultimate points in regards to this entire conversation about wokeness and social justice and activism and like humanity at large. Each and every one of us needs to be more patient, just period. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's fucking hard. We don't like that shit. 
It's 2020, and I get fucking antsy if I click on a fucking website and it takes four seconds to load instead yeah. of instant. Like, this is so hard for our brains. We're so bad at being patient. You're absolutely it's, right. It's awful. awful. It's awful. So we And so there needs to be a concerted effort put into that. Like, it's a muscle. So we mm-hmm. need to be working out our empathy muscles and our patience muscles. Um because like a lot of times I think that what people will do is they'll like be like uh, a thing isn't changing fast enough. Therefore it isn't changing. And mm-hmm. that's obviously not true. Right. Yeah. We're um, going to change. Yeah. But then on the other hand, people will also be like, um, they'll do that with like people. And there is a certain level of impatience with like progress that, on an individual level that I think people do. That's like super not fair. Um, like first, just, just like off, we just all need to be having more conversations like that with Mm -hmm. everybody in their lives, whether that's your, just like in your friend group, when you're just hanging out, like fucking talk about the way that you relate to people and like walking in people's shoes. And like, it seems well, I don't know. I feel like again, like people always want to say that shit that, people always want to say like we're corny like if this is corny fine like you have fun being so cool and you do you um i'm over here actually trying to fucking fix the planet so um and you know what if that's fucking corny then let's go yeah Yeah. let's do i'm gonna (laughs) hop on that water on that cob here we go (laughs) i'm here for it all for one one for all let's all make this a better world jesus christ dude yeah i was like if I'm corny, then I guess that's what I'm bringing to the fucking party. I'm bringing the corn, and everyone fucking loves that shit. It's summer. <laughs> Let's go. Um, but yeah, we don't like take people are lazy and they're impatient, yeah. and so they see their I don't know they're like a brother or like your parent or an uncle or whatever say something problematic, and there is an there is an amount of social currency that is to be gained by going. Oh, by like calling that person out, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not very much social currency in sitting down with that person and from a place of love explaining why a very difficult concept is like is an actual thing. So like sitting down with racist Uncle Bob and having a conversation about like a systemic si- like racism. Um People don't want to fucking do that because that's the actual fucking hard work is doing shit like that and creating environments and like sparking conversations where people can have difficult conversations and be vulnerable and make mistakes and not fucking do it right. The important part is to be doing that in a situation where like those people aren't going to keep affecting the people that their problematic like behavior is hurting. So that's kind of like, this is my prescription for Lauren's prescription for fucking social justice reform. Okay. uh, Someone does something problematic. We remove them from the people who that is going to negatively impact. We go do that. Um, In some cases that means uh, telling somebody that they can't come to your shows until they learn how to act or um, like, saying that we are not going to put support your business until there is a change. Mm-hmm. Um, like things like that, like deep platforming. 
Yeah, and if you're misogynistic, if you're racist, if you're, you know, and there's, there's multi, I mean, there's like, there's a tier for forgiveness, but there's also a tier for like, you're, you're basically shadow luck because you're a scumbag. Like, you know, there, there are a lot of people who deserve to be completely out of business in itself with what they have to do. But then there's all the people who's like, oh, they made a mistake, educated, blah, blah, blah. But no, because I totally agree with you. And it's crazy that like, let them grow if you want to forgive them that's cool you can have the opportunity to do that like it shouldn't be on the person that's asking for uh asking for forgiveness to assume that they're going to receive it but then there's all the also like other like there's also like really other worse problems that like uh, like i just get you know i don't want to get too involved with it but um like uh i can't remember his name the guy from uh um oh why am i drawing a blank um doesn't matter. I mean, we just we just have we just have a lot of problems with um, sexual predators and like that. that that's, there's no need for that. And we have to like literally just like completely just execute them from uh, the community in itself. But they're like, well, yeah. yeah. And like whoever's listening to this might go, how can you possibly have any issue with any part of that statement? The thing that I'm talking about specifically is. Yeah, deplatforming. Remove mm -hmm. that person from a position of power. Mm -hmm. Still treat them like a fucking human being. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like, so you know, if you are part of like the the group that is being affected by them, like, no, it's not your fucking responsibility to go and talk to that person and like try to fix that. It is the responsibility of the rest of the community to then go and show up. And be like, you're a part of us. Mm -hmm. We accept that you are a part of us. And as such, you're reflective of us as a whole. That is what happens when you are a part of a fucking community. Yep. So it, like, you have to then go, okay, where is the problem acting? Like, What made you think it was okay to say this word? Mm -hmm. What made you think it was okay to touch someone without their consent. Mm -hmm. What what was going on in your mind at the time that that was happening? And then also being willing to reevaluate the like the systemic structures that prop up like all of those things because these people aren't existing in a vacuum. And frankly, I don't think that a lot of people who do these things who do like problematic shit or like fucked up things, I don't think that they're evil at all. I do think there are people like that. I do think that there are people out there who it like do not have the like socio emotional capabilities of um like thinking outside themselves. Like there are pe there will always be narcissists in the world. There will always oh, be sure. like and even then with narcissists you want to describe when explaining these issues and teaching them, you just show how it uh, relates to them. And you know what, frankly, if they only understand it on a, how it relates to them, like factor, if they can't figure out like to care about other people, but if you've gotten them to stop doing the problematic behavior, like it's like, okay, we'll work with it. Like, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> what if people don't forgive? Like, you know what I mean? What if it's so, you know, yeah. it's so personal or so deep because like i mean i've you know people i don't i don't hold grudges i'm not one to hold grudges but forgiveness is something that is also very healthy to do um which i yes. have no problem doing however there are a lot of people out there who might come into sort of problems with said people and they can't forgive because it's so 
um, serious or it's, it has, it, you know, takes a personal part of their lives in such a drastic way. What do you, what do you, how do you feel about that with people that have a hard time forgiving? Like, what do you, what do you, do you have any advice for that? Or it is not, if somebody is part of like a, a, like a marginalized population, it does not like, I will never solicit their forgiveness for that person. Like I just mm-hmm. won't, mm-hmm. um, that's up to oh, them. For sure. Okay. And if, they, if that's the, the route they want to go, if that is the thing that they feel is good for them, then that's up to them. I am never going to tell somebody that they need to forgive their abuse. <laughs> like, holy yeah. shit, fuck no. Oh, no, like, absolutely not. No, no. no. I no. have people in my life who, um, like, I will not, like, and you know what, I'm saying this right now, and maybe it will change down the road, but, like, that I am just not in a position to forgive them. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a place mentally or emotionally um, to do that, like, empathy and emotional labor. And you know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay that I'm not there yet. That should not be an expectation of me as a person who was abused. Like mm-hmm. it just shouldn't. But on the other hand, that person, those people are going to continue existing. Like, so we were talking, like, let's talk about sexual predators. What do we do with sexual predators in the hardcore scene? Um, uh, we call them out and we completely kick them out of the scene in general or try to put some kind of law on them. Like we, you know, bring the law into play, right? You know what I mean? Like, what else are you supposed to do? Here's, here's the thing, though. There's not going to be laws that change right now. Like that is. Just, oh no, no. These are not like people do not give a shit about victims of sexual violence. Like even, oh my god, even if like a woman has like a fucking rape kit that she's done, like there's still no justice. So it's frankly, I feel that like that is a long term solution that we do need to be working piecemeal. But that is a long-term solution. Yeah, I just wanted people to be held accountable for their actions yes. or their words. Like, it's just literally like, yes. you know, bring it to attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. That is important. Is is like addressing it. You have to. You go, hey, this person is doing a thing that's totally not okay, and it is important to make the other members of the community aware of that, especially so they can decide whether or not they feel safe around that person, and they can make that decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. But Here's the thing. So, okay, so like we've gotten in a position where the victims and or vulnerable people are telling you that they they feel safe now and like they are in a position of like not having to be near that person, not having to interact with them all, like anything like that. As long as the victims are protected, then I feel that it is the responsibility of the other members of the community to go to the abuser and to basically be like, Why are you doing this? Why do you know? What is there? What is going on that you don't have a fundamental understanding of a thing that the rest of us do have a fundamental understanding? Because here's the thing. If the community doesn't then show up to dismantle the actual issue, that person is going to find another community. Then they are going to leave. They're going to slide right out. Like, okay, just, they're just going to vanish. And that next community isn't necessarily going to know that that's an abusive person. They will not know to have their guard up. They will not know to protect themselves. And that person will have not changed. So the problem still stands. The perfect example for that as well is literally passing these priests around in Catholic churches, where if they get caught doing something bad underneath, you know, you know, the radar, they just like, all right, we're just going to move you to a different church. And like, hopefully you're able to change and like not bring it up in conversation. Holy shit. 
that is toxic as fuck. That is literally yes. not solving anything at all. You're just honestly you're just making it fucking ten hundred times you're worse. You're just than deciding that you don't want it to be your problem anymore. And right. for for the abused people, they absolutely do get to say, I'm not dealing with this anymore, and that is perfectly fine. But for the rest of the community, like holy shit, you absolutely need to show up and go, Okay, what is going on with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your what about problem? This not understanding. Because here's also the thing, and like this is based on my own experience, and this is based on my understanding of systemic sexism and rape culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm also open to being wrong about literally any of these things. These are all just based on my experience. And frankly, I can't really tell anybody how to feel or internalize anything that they've fucking been through. But I feel that when we take a person um, who has committed an act of sexual violence and we like basically try to like make them disappear and make them go away, um, it doesn't address the fact that the issue is systemic. That makes the issue an individual problem. You're saying, okay, this person is the problem. We will eliminate the person. The problem we've decided is gone, but they haven't. The problem's just here. It's just being like, like it's just now off the screen. This didn't go away. No, this just okay. went here. Yeah. So when we do that, and again, it feels very good to go to like stand up and go, yo, fuck that guy. He's a rapist. That feels mm-hmm. very good. And there's a lot of social currency in doing that. Um, what doesn't feel very good is the thing that every single one of us absolutely every fucking day of your goddamn lives. Each and every one of us needs to be examining our own behavior. And that's the thing that I think that people are not getting about like solving issues of systemic like sexism, rape culture, systemic racism. Correct. We are not looking at our own behavior. We are getting very excited when we see somebody who we can go be like, that's the bad guy. No, no, fuck that. All of us are problematic. None of us are born woke. Each and every fucking one of us has done shit that contributes to systemic sexism, Mm -hmm. contributes to rape culture, contributes to systemic racism. We need to stop fucking going, oh, that person's bad. That person's bad. It's like, no, we're all doing this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, no, I know that I'm fucking right. Like, we all have internalized biases. But to identify that, that, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't actually change anything. You just put the problem under under like layer you just throw dirt on it it's not it's still there and it's still gonna crawl back up out of the ground and get you like a fucking racist zombie like like we all need to be looking inward and having conversations with other people about that Mm -hmm. because when we go hey you know like when you go to your mom or whatever who said something like really like who said something like totally racist at dinner or whatever Mm -hmm. and if you go to your mom and you go, you're fucking racist. I'm not talking to you. The fuck did well, that do? No, but, I literally did nothing. Yeah. But if you go to your mom and you're like, I noticed that you said something at dinner, um, and I wanted to just like talk to you about it because I wasn't sure what you meant by it. Would you like to like tell me what you meant? Mm-hmm. And 
and like being like, like in a loving way being like, I don't like, Oh, okay. I see. That's how you thought of that, that situation. You know, I used to kind of think about it in a similar way. I used to think X, Y, Z. I didn't understand mm-hmm. like that. It's really ABC, but this was how I kind of learned to make sense of ABC. What do you think about that? And being willing to do that ongoing conversation, because that's how you change people's fucking minds is you make them feel good about like changing things and about mm-hmm. dismantling their biases and like help them get excited about doing the right fucking thing because there are bad people in the world. Like I, you know, but 95% of people are not Hitler. 95% of people aren't, I, and I believe, and like maybe I'm naive and maybe I'm wrong and that's fine. But, and so you can just like tell me to fuck off. But like, I believe that like 90, 95% of people are good people and that they mean well. And a lot of times the fundamental misunderstanding like comes from a place of being taught certain things or being in certain environments or being exposed to certain things as you're growing up. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes how people arrive at stuff. It's a great example for rape culture. Um, We are like the generation that grew up with like teenage high school movies like being like and like aggressively sexual Great. i was gonna say this. yeah very sexualized yeah i mean yeah. we all knew like mtv started american producing pie. that when the numbers were going up oh my god yeah american pie like all that shit like mm-hmm. that what our like youths were we were watching those messages of like um men are just looking for sex and like they'll do anything to get it and anything that like they have to do to get it is like funny haha like oh this girl is wasted like we've been conditioned to think that's okay for most of our lives until like what the last like five to ten years Mm -hmm. and then we're being told no that's not okay i say we i just mean like society whatever in general Um, yeah i don't yeah but now it's like you're telling these people that's not okay there's a certain amount of unlearning that a person needs to do if they've literally been conditioned psychologically for their entire life to think X, Y, Z. Yeah, that's and okay. And then someone's showing up and going, no, 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 it's ABC. Yeah. You it's have like, to find a way to connect those dots for them mm-hmm. or they're not going to change and nothing is going to change. Yeah. And like you said, conversation is key too. And like know, knowing yourself and the way that you can go about like, you said in the past like you can act you know not accidentally but like you your internal self you can make mistakes and like identifying that you're making those mistakes bring that up to yourself and then take making aware of it not bearing it and try to resolve that problem that's exactly what you need to do because then it's just going to keep on going or you're just going to keep doing it and you're going to do it in a wrong scenario one day uh what, no matter how minor or how major it is and you're going to really be shown like how wrong you are yeah you're going to hurt somebody or hurt yourself or both at the same time like, yes. but you're right. Cause I do try to see the good in other people too. It's like when I have those best friends that you want to see that like, you'll help them and do anything that you can and make them comfortable of like building themselves up to a successful life or just like being there for them and such. And you know, and you're like, there's, there's good in them. There's good in them. And then, you know, then I hear the phrase, like you can't help somebody who can't help themselves. It's just like, 
I don't know. Like it, they can like, help themselves, but you know, because you know what? Sometimes people just need help. That's like, what it comes down to. People just need help. Like, yeah, just have a conversation with them. I don't know. Just try to throw you them a bone every once in a while. Yes. Yes. I agree. You have to like, at the very least you have to start somewhere with that person. You know, if you are continuing to try to have these conversations and it is becoming clear that this isn't like a difference in cognition and that like, this might just be like a deep rooted, um, like hate thing. Um, that's different. That's very different. I think honestly, then I think it's very different than most people. I think that's a very uncommon thing. And I think that we think it's more common and that's why we're like, ah, oh, we gotta get the like fucking like set them on fire. Like it's like, <laughs> no, okay, um, like I feel like that is necessary sometimes, but I don't know that this is the, okay. Um, <laughs> right. And like the thing in, in my opinion in those situations is always to defer to the victims. Um, and always to defer to what they think the best course of judgment is. And that's also why representation is so important because when you have more people of a group telling you, uh, this makes me feel this way, then you have a lot more <laughs> information mm -hmm. about like how to connect <laughs> other people lad, to, that, to like that. Yeah, exactly. And they are basically saying like, the way for me to feel better in life and to heal is if we do this, this, this. So those are the people you really want to listen to because they're the ones who are being affected by the problem the most. Um, but yeah, I've like, and so when I talk about a lot of these things, I'm going off of a lot of the things that I've seen, um, like members of like victim, like communities that have been like, that are super affected by like sexual violence. Mm -hmm. um, these are conversations that I'm having with people who are, who are rape survivors. These are conversations that I've been having with people who are black and who are telling, who are saying the best way for you white person to show up is to educate other white people. Literally. Yep. Like exactly. literally. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And whether, yeah, whether that is getting on a stage and screaming about it in sharp tooth or whether that's sitting down with a friend who said something like, like fucking deeply problematic at a party and have, and going like, okay, I'm going to confront this issue in a way that is going to hopefully spur this person to change instead of spur this person to fucking disappear. That doesn't happen. That doesn't work. Um, yeah. So I feel extremely strongly about that. And yeah. And that not every people, most people aren't evil. Like here's the thing. Um, this is a lot. Uh, I was raped three times and one of those times was by a man who I believe was a very sick, cruel, evil individual. I believe that he did that intentionally and knew what he was doing the entire time and knew that it was not okay. That person is a terrible fucking human being and deserves the worst that he had coming to him. It was right. malicious and it was specific. I've also been raped twice by people who I don't think are evil, malicious people. I think they're people who completely misjudged a, a situation or they were intoxicated. And like, these are very normal things. Like people, 
that happens to people all the time is they hook up while they're intoxicated. Like, that's what I'm saying when I'm like, we need to all be looking at like the ways that we each contribute to rape culture because it's like, okay, well, you know, if you're drinking, like maybe it would be a good idea um, to establish with people beforehand, like what's okay and what's not okay. Like, like stuff like that. And for you to set a precedent for the people around you and being like, Hey, like we're like, everyone's going to be at this party. Here's, here's some things that like we wanted to like talk about and just like keep as reminders, like talk about, just be talking about consent, making conversations about this feel normal and organic and not like terrifying. I think people, terrified to have these conversations they're because they're afraid to look at themselves but they're afraid to look at themselves they're afraid to look at a family member or a friend and uh it's extremely uncomfortable to like 99 percent of the people who are having these conversations so and that's why people don't talk about them and if you don't talk about it then you're obviously missing the point of trying to trying to find solutions and or uh like avoid anything like that could happen so yeah I, yeah. I'm glad we're having this. Like, this is what needs to be. But this is what this is a good this is a good way of like trying to like expressing like conversation needs to be happening all the time, like yes. every day, every hour. I mean, like you know, it's just yeah, it's, and it doesn't have to be weird. It, no, like, it doesn't, doesn't have to be fucking weird. I think that that's like ugh, like people get so weird about like talking about these things, and it's like yeah, you know, there's context where I don't necessarily want to talk about being raped, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can always be having a conversation about consent. I can make I can make consent a thing in any conversation. Yeah, literally. Yeah, because that's like, the most appropriate like conversation I could easily have. So I mean, like, yes. Fun, so like, like, yeah, and like it's such an easy thing to teach. Like, oh my god, like especially like to young kids, and people might go, "Well, that's why would you talk about consent with little kids?" But they talk that's about sex education in, like fifth grade, so it's the same it's not, thing. But it doesn't. It's not even about sex and math. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, you're right. Like consent can have zero percent to do with sex and mm-hmm. you can still teach the concept and then right. it will apply. Once you get the general concept down, they, people figure out very quickly how to how it applies everywhere. So if you're teaching like a, a classroom of kids, okay, what do we do when we want to play with Sally's toy? Mm-hmm. Do we ask? Yes, we ask Sally if it is okay if we play with their toy. What do we do if Sally says no? then that's okay. We go and we do something else. And maybe we can talk to Sally later and see if maybe later they would be okay with sharing. But that's up to Sally. Sally doesn't have to share with you her thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, she doesn't talk to you. I mean, I'm just saying like in general, like if you can have sex education in like your younger ages, it's like, it's easy. To, it's fucking far easier to talk oh, about. Well, yeah, that is like separate from like the rape culture issue. Like, oh my God, like that's just also a thing. Actually, it technically really isn't separate from rape culture because, like, when we are educating young people about their bodies and about sex and, like, what to expect and what is normal and, like, what is, like, good and healthy and what's not um, and not subject them to weird taboos and shit, that's always mm-hmm. a positive thing. Yes. Um, I think that, like, sex can be one of the most powerful tools for empowerment and healing, like, as an adult and connecting with yourself in that way like this like basically like the sooner that you're able as an adult to like start connecting with yourself like that um and feel comfortable embracing that and like expressing it like around people too that's so fucking important Mm -hmm. (laughs) like exactly like well because then we don't get 
these, we don't get, you know, like young girls going like, oh, I didn't know that was okay. Oh, I didn't know that I could say, don't do that. Oh, I didn't know that that wasn't normal. Like, I don't ever want to hear, like, I can't, it just kills me hearing like so many people be like, I didn't know that wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and a shame like, too. Like, cause yeah. it's not, it's, it's. It's something that you yeah. wish that you were taught at a younger age. So it's just make the awareness of like, you're allowed to say like, obviously no. And you know, you don't have to do something you don't want mm-hmm. to do. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. Nobody can dictate your life. Yeah. And, when we yeah. establish those as like cultural precedents, then it becomes automatic because then the assumption from, you know, a guy or whatever, isn't like, Oh, I get girls drunk to hook up with them like everybody did in American Pie or whatever move it like blah 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 every fucking piece of media that that person has watched in the fucking 90s and 2000s um good god yeah no wonder that no wonder a lot of guys are HR fucked yeah. um the like I feel I feel bad that. for them like we're just exposed to that is what male sexuality looks like. And that sucks because my God, what if that isn't like, what if you're, what if you're asexual and you're just like, I don't relate to any of this. I don't have any feelings about this and I'm feeling bad now. Yeah. And like sex isn't even on their head. Like, like we have, we have a lot of like, gender adjacent like specific sexual role type things that we do we put people in like socially and uh those are hard to unlearn um that's like why ongoing conversations and empowerment yep honestly the conversation just needs to be completely brought to attention uh like on a on a daily basis um it's healthy it's educational um it could really help anybody individually or both parties or whatever and the fact that um, it's 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 really good to bring up and collaborate on these issues because if we don't talk about anything like this, we don't we're not creating solutions. We're just basically like the the metaphor that you said. You're basically putting it underneath the dirt. The problem's there, but honestly, it's not going to go away. You just keep like burying it. If it's under the dirt, it can grow. Like yeah, that literally it can fucking grow. Fuck. Like, Oh, right? my God, I hate that shit. So, oh, my God, you're so right, well, though. Yep. Take it apart. Yep. Dissect it. about how it works the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, like, that's, like, dismantling, like, social constructs. That's what that is. Yeah, that um, exactly is, yeah. No, yeah. and I appreciate you bringing all that up and everything. Um, because I still have a lot of, like, I still have a lot to learn, honestly. I mean, the education yeah. is infinite. I mean, there's no finite way of, like, knowing something and that's all you know like that's it you learn everything it's like no it's not true like we're going to evolve into this conversation like throughout you know the next decades or thousands of years so i mean it's just kind of basically bringing it up into perspective and like having that that whole engagement in itself because it's it can be uncomfortable sometimes but that's okay that's okay but you need to you know make sure that it just needs to be brought to light and make sure that we can actually find solutions for the problems that we have every day on an everyday basis yeah. So, no, but I, I really appreciate you coming on because I want to talk about this more and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to talking to you about it more um, off the yeah. podcast or like in general, you know, um, always, and, always 
I'm stoked for the release of the album as well. I mean, I'm so happy for Sharp Tooth. I'm so happy for everything. Yeah. I mean, Paul Levitt did a fantastic job. That dude like knew exactly what he was doing with this album. So Paul I mean, is Brian is, was great. We just had the best people working on this. Like, there's can't complain at all <laughs> about that part at least. Like. Yeah. Uh, the record in and of itself is like a thing that I just think I think it's fucking badass and I think it's so like I just think it's a great record and like being able to look back and like just like feel that like at least I have that and that's really all that matters <laughs> yeah you guys have a lot you guys have so much you know but more to look forward like with everything like it's just it's great like you have such a great team behind you like coming and you know coming from the DIY scene and then putting it into a huge platform with the team backing you just makes everything more incredible. It kind of just like kind of puts this like shine to it. You know what I mean? It's like a nice polish. It's fucking cool. Thank so, you. Yeah. I like that part too. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. But yeah, listen, uh, but yeah, we'll talk about more of this off the air as well as like, can, can we yeah. keep educating, being more involved in the community with social justice, and everything. And like, honestly, you know, thank you for being patient with me for doing take two. And uh, yeah, I'll hope to see you soon in the near future, whether it's at a show or in general of conversation. So I appreciate you. For sure. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me here and yeah. wanting to talk about all these things because this is how we do it. This is how we fix shit. This is how we this fix shit. Greatness. We're doing it right now. Hooray. That's awesome. I we need more people like you. Fucking Jesus Christ, that's awesome. We need more people like you.